Grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideship Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis, and Matthew's back. Matthew, welcome. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm still on holiday because we had a little circuit breaker here, so I don't go back to work till next Monday. And yeah, been a, was over in the UK. That's interesting. <laughs> Topping up your sovereignty. Good, good, good. God, it's <laughs> a weird bloody place these days, isn't it? I think it's just, just the same as it's always been. Oh, no, it's not, Kerry. I think if you've been away and come back, it's a bloody... And I'm not saying everybody, but there is a, there is a section of the society that has driven that country slightly mad, as far as I can see. That's who you've spent time with. <laughs> no, no, family and friends, they're all right. Okay. It's just, you know, just having to just see what the daily... What passes for news and what passes for things that aren't news these days in England, I just find absolutely stunning. I don't really tend to look at the news much anymore. Good, I, I kind of gave it Very up a news. while ago. I, I don't <laughs> think so. What did you do for New Year? I flew to Lisbon and then planned. We were going to stay in Lisbon for New Year's, but, you know, things being how they are right now, there was a bit of uncertainty about the place we were meant to be staying. And we changed our plans and hopped back on the bus to Porto. <laughs> we got back to Porto about three in the afternoon. And it was 22 degrees and sunny and people were just walking. It was like we'd gone to Australia, people walking around in shorts and T-shirt. It was highly surreal. That Mm -hmm. continued for a few days. And now we're we're kind of got a a bit of a Portuguese winter now. So that was nice. It was good to get over, good to get back for sure. Mm -hmm. And very, very costly and tedious in between (laughs) in terms of testing. All at the UK end, by the way. All the testing in Portugal is free. Do you want one of my trademark segues? Go on. Yes, yes. Are you ready for this? Buckle in. Uh, not tedious and not expensive. Mike's work on the cottage. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. The tedious bit's arguable. Actually, no, I, I take that back. He's been very enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, it's very nice to have him back. But there are, it, it's kind of, um, there's a lot, they're using negative space, aren't they? There's a lot of un- unanswered questions. Why is he comfort eating? Why does he dodge mm. every question about Vicky and Bethany? Where are Vicky and Bethany? Like, you know, um, it, she, he was on the phone to her once, but, um, you know, from a li- I, that would, that's the box office cold for me. I want, I want to hear Vicky back. Yeah, she was at the gym, wasn't she? A bit ago. That was her presence. And then this week she was in a car waiting to say goodbye to Roy. <laughs> After the mysteries had finished, but that was it. He's buggered off now. They attend the mysteries. It seemed so. Yeah. Was that him heckling in the um, in the amazing awards show? Was that, that was Mike? Roy. It was that Roy, was Roy, who sounded about ten miles away at one point, didn't he? It was. Yeah. I mean, I was. <laughs> I wished I was. <laughs> Uh, I was emotionally I was and physically I wish I was it was just yeah anyway but I mean what do you do what do you think about the whole mic thing so the overeating thing I didn't really notice at first I think it was one of you mentioned it and I was like oh yeah that was that was really stupid of me not to see it and then also just what the hell is he doing volunteering for all these ridiculous I mean I, I we had an extension done recently and it's thousands and thousands of pounds of work he's doing on that cottage it's not just on the cottage. He's fixing everyone's everything, isn't yeah. he? He's doing showers with a bit of silicon. He's doing benches outside the bull, I think it was. He's curry. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because he could turn these down, couldn't he? You know, obviously he's being offered all of these things by various people. Uh, lemon drizzle and what else? Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah. Eight food items mentioned. Can you name all of them in order? Oh, not necessarily in order. Wayne's game pie. No, rabbit um, pie. No, I, hang on. It what? Rabbit it was Wayne pie. Bobbit pie, wasn't it? <laughs> Ooh. There were sausage rolls, weren't there? Because he sort of had the last one. Yeah, that was first. He'd eaten all. Well, and the, the, the insinuation was that he'd eaten all of them because Susan mm. said they're half the cast hadn't had a sausage roll so that was the first one and then she went oh go on you can have the last one as well <laughs> it's full of sausage roll yeah there was the rabbit pie jal frazy was mentioned yeah he was we had sausage rolls at the play then he was going to go with jazza and roy for a pie and pint in the bull the next morning he cooked for roy what pancakes his signature dish what yes and then he's in he's getting fed on cupcakes while he's doing up the cottage, Leonard also brings over a pulled pork cob oh, yeah. with some of Jill's lemon drizzle. And then he got recommended the Wayne Bobbit pie. Mm. 
and he apparently later he's going to have a chicken gel frazy. I'm looking forward to Sunday's episode when Linda says, "Oh, Mike, please have this wafer thin mint." Yeah. Oh, possibly, <laughs> possibly. No, no, you must. What's the wafer thin mint? Come on. And, and then there's an explosion, yeah. and Mike, Mike explodes. I can't wait. I think it's got to a Friday in the program planning office in the BBC, and some like trainee kid has been like. How about if we do a hybrid of Escape to the Country, DIY SOS, and Man versus Food? It'd be like, <laughs> brilliant. Is this it? The whole of the BBC will be boiled down to just the archers, and it'll be having to do kind of consumer affairs. Um, yeah, you know, like gardeners, quite the whole, the whole, actually pretty much does now, anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, then they, they could broad. be telling me the news that I'm not listening to as well. <laughs> is, this, is that the truth, Gary? Is the archers your only source of news? You don't even know about yeah. COVID. You've really got no, yeah. Well, it was, yeah, there's only one person in the country has got COVID, isn't it? And that was Hazel. Kerry must have been very confused by that episode. Why? <laughs> yeah. COVID? What was this? Yeah. yeah, Mike, is he, you know, he's seeming to not be happy at home, isn't he? The implication heavily is he doesn't want to go back. And he mentioned the good old days, didn't he? He did, yeah. As if he was hankering for a time past. And all this eating is it a comfort thing is it because he's depressed is he going to have a heart attack is he going to live in the bungalow <laughs> what's what's going on josh was having a whine about ben's obsession with the physiology of the gastrointestinal system he should just hang out with mike for a bit <laughs> he'll pass with flying colors mm. well i think yeah i think mike's going to be hanging out with um josh a lot more than he wants to soon um, yeah, it yeah. got so much so that when you had Jennifer bumping into Alice and Amy and she was like, oh, I've just cooked a stir turfry. I expected Mike to appear from behind a hedge. You go, oh, that sounds lovely. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but and the bungalow painting thing. So Josh has sort of cavalierly, which isn't a word, said, no, we're not having the timeless magnolia or whatever it was that Ruth wanted. Here's muted flint on the walls and dark red doors. And Mike has just gone, all right then, and started doing it without <laughs> checking with Ruth whether that is what's happening. Yes, and he also seems very sure that he's getting the bungalow, doesn't he? Where I don't remember that being agreed. Yeah, yeah. Josh thinks that is his home office, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I did feel a little bit um, sorry for Josh because um, you know it's all going to go wrong, don't you? So there he was being subtiguously excited. And as I said to Kerry last week, Matthew, I'm on his side. I feel like, you know, if it is, if the ha if, if, if the cottage is going to go to someone on the farm, it kind of makes sense it's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he, he just makes it very hard to be happy for him. But in the general rule of things, yeah, it should it should be his. He's due it, I think. Mm. Yeah, his point was valid, wasn't it? You know, Pip has had her place for ages. Now it's my turn, but just hasn't managed to, discuss that properly with his mum and dad and get it ironed out before painting it these hideous colours. You don't think they're going to maybe try and wang Tom and Natasha in there? There's a few candidates, aren't there, for going into the bungalow? I mean, because Tony cannot have them under his roof a second longer and they've only just bloody arrived. I mean, it, the, the fair thing to do would be for Ruth and David to do what my mum did to me, which is basically to say, OK, right, you want to live an adult life, you're leaving home. This is how much it will cost you. We'll, we'll, we'll knock off 10% because you're our son, but that's the market rate. Cough up. Is that when you were sort of in a little rabbit hutch in the garden or something? That's when I was very happy working the night shift at Tesco's. And my mum said, well, if you're so happy, then you owe us rent. And it was like, oh. oh I don't... <laughs> I'm less, <laughs> less happy now. <laughs> yeah, I was significantly less happy. When we were about 16 years old, a friend of mine decided to throw a huge party while his parents were away and they returned early and the house was just utterly wrecked. So they made him live in the motorhome in the driveway as a punishment. He probably quite Sounds liked lovely. that, didn't he? I think he yeah. thought it was all right, actually. Mm. I'll never forget um, Eric. He was of Scandinavian extraction. I remember we were all half asleep in the living room and about 5am I just heard his mother go, Eric, what have you done? <laughs> Did you say just... Scandinavian? Did I say that? Scandinavian. Ah. Yeah, and it's interesting you did an impersonation of the Count from um, uh, Sesame Street as well. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, that's just how I remember it. I thought when I do the impression, she sounds more German. But yeah. One uh, 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 broken piece of crockery. <laughs> Two, uh, uh, uh. And, and Tom's quite canny because a flatmate of mine when I lived in Dublin hated to do 
anything like domestic, like washing up. He was all right at cooking, but didn't want to do washing up. And in the end, it forced somebody else to make one of those god-awful rotors. And his technique of washing up was to put everything in the bowl, normally wine glasses first, and just start punching it. So in the end, everyone was like, do you know what? Don't do the washing up anymore. He sounds nice. I I didn't literally punch it. I think it was just, (laughs) he was just quite heavy handed. Tom only had to load the dishwasher. Yeah. It somehow has problems with spatial awareness. Yeah. And it's just like trying to cram extra things into a dishwasher and breaking Tony's favourite mug. Yeah, because it's not the same size as our old one, it's really confused me. So I'm just ramming massive mugs into it for no reason. Kerry, I need you to disavow me of my kind of um, slightly stupid innocence. So obviously, you know, we, we've, as mentioned a thousand times, I have a little baby boy. I can't imagine ever being so as grumpy as Tony towards my beautiful boy. However, you have a great big galumphing man storming in and out, out of your house and a daughter as well. So w- how does that work then? I mean, how does it work with sort of, could you, did did you feel any sympathy for Tony or did you think he was just being a bit of a bellend? Ooh, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's different, isn't it? Because my two have never left. Right. But he's had his own space and now has interlopers who are smashing things and putting pots of potions in the bathroom and and uh, making horrid coffee. And, you know, so it's a bit different. He's got used to his time with Pat. Yeah, but they had Henry and um, uh, they did, Jack actually, and didn't Helen they? only five minutes ago. Well, they were just um, getting used to having a bit of time, weren't they? And then mentally he was thinking, lovely, I can be just with Pat all the time, which is a terrifying thought. Yeah, <laughs> I consider but... that a complete rewriting of history. Where Where has this suddenly emerged? that Bridge Farm was this wonderful, warm, loving place where Tony and Pat lived. It always sounded completely cold and loveless. Of course. She's always pissed off. He's always grumpy, isn't he? Yeah. So, and apparently yeah. now we're meant to believe they were like drinking frothy coffees, cuddling up and watching Parks and Rec. I was like, I don't remember any of that mm. happening. He's normally banished to the shed to play with his trains while she's yeah, I mean, inside I staring blankly at a wall. I, I know you joke about the trains, but you don't have a hobby like that if there's a fully functioning marriage in the in the house, Ooh. you know. Oh, that's a big call. Yeah. You think so? All of our train-fancying listeners are going, pew, 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 unfollow. <laughs> They're going to go well, off I'm the sorry. rails. Wait. Let me let me let me try and let me try and um, let me try and carry favour with our, our train spotting friends. Uh, what I'm it's not necessarily Listen, having a like that. It's the enthusiasm with which Tony spends time in the shed and also mm. the size of the project and also the detail with he, he goes into. Like, you know, even with a farm and multiple children, grandchildren and Pat, he still finds time to create to scale dioramas of his childhood train station. I mean, that's in the whole nother level is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a reflection of an unhappy marriage. I think it's more to do with him being rejected as a child. <laughs> you know, he's 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 the least favourite child, isn't he? There's an unhappiness there, just not. There is an unhappiness there, yeah. But but you know, we heard them have their wedding anniversary, and they were all over each other, telling each other how happy they were and how wonderful it was, and how in love they are. He's married his mum though, because she's you know, Pat's a kind of wildly disapproving, stuck up, um, you know, egomaniac, just like his mum is. Judgmental. Yeah, I really loved it when Pat was in the shop with Tom and they were choosing a coat and Tom sort of said, oh, that's so you. And Pat said, oh, yes, unfussy and elegant. And I thought, bloody hell, (laughs) you are the last person I would describe as unfussy. She's the embodiment of fussing. She she wasn't too happy that she didn't go to get to her favourite store on Fox Street. I mm. think that that reading between the lines, but they they made Underwood sound like Bieber in the nineteen sixties. That there was just like walls and walls of amazing coats for her to try on mm. and silk blouses. Yeah, I imagine um, uh, uh, Pat would be dressed like a cross between sort of Millie Tant from Viz and Hyacinth Bouquet. Kind of all the worst excesses of both of them. Well, we talked about this, didn't we, Matthew? Do you remember about the good life that she? We thought she was a bit like Margot. Yes. Esque, but wearing the other woman's clothing. Yes, a bit, yeah, with that hybrid of kind of wax jackety mm. type. I thought there was a bit of shade being thrown as well because Tom said, um, Natasha thought you might want something, what did he say, glamorous or something? As if to say, Pat never ever is. Well, she's got a lovely new pink vest she can wear now. <laughs> 
Oh, you two have just made me realise something awful. Um, we've had all the moments mentioning them having their cosy evenings watching box sets. We've now got um, Pat trying to wear nicer clothes. This means we're going to have to listen to Pat either sort of reigniting her marriage with Tony or even worse, having an affair. Really? They're, they're building to something. Oh, Peter. It's, Pat is on manoeuvres. We're going to have to hear Pat making, you know, love noises and it's going to be awful. Good heavens. I wonder if soup will be involved. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that they she was trying to push Tony towards in the end was to come and sit down and spend a bit of family time mm. with them at the end on the basis that once the baby arrives, we won't be able to do any of this. So are they, are they imagining that they will still be there when the baby arrives? It sounded like that. From what mm. Pat was I bet saying. that's what Pat calls sex as well, family time. She's so <laughs> awful. Yeah, Up till so, now, that's the only time she's ever done it. So she's going to sort of straddle Tony with her silk blouse and coat on. <laughs> oh, Terry, is she? Come on. Absent. Pouring soup onto his nipples. Oh. <laughs> what, like, like, like a f***ed up Madonna and Willem Dafoe? Yeah. Of like, Tony, Body of evidence. Tony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that the film they were going to watch, do you think? <laughs> well, no, they said it was that old mushy movie involving the Empire State Building, so I assumed it was the original of King Kong. There must be other films where they're... <laughs> They're at the top of that building, aren't they? I don't know. I couldn't think of it. Well, there's a there's an old Cary Grant one, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah where they meet. There's... They arrange to meet there, don't they? And you uh, think that, that one um... of them hasn't shown up. Deborah Kerr. Mm. Yeah, he's had an accident. He's <gasps> had an accident. There's also um, the one with um, where they, they, they a nod to that with uh, Meg Ryan and um, Tom Hanks. Sleepless in Seattle. That'll be the one, won't it? Because he said it was all sloppy and stuff, didn't he? He didn't say into... sloppy. He said oh, mushy. Soppy. Soppy. Yeah, you're thinking of soup again, Carrie. Yeah. Also. <laughs> also, why is Natasha like prepping Pat by giving her a bath with rose petals and stuff like that in it? That's all a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, Pat was really like, oh, and then she suggested she's going to run me a bath. I thought, turn in a couple of taps and, and it's your own bath. This is weird. With candles. I mean, maybe Natasha's trying to be nice. I'm trying... I'm trying to be sort of benevolent here. Do you not like Natasha? No, I just meant about, you know, sort of sharing space and what have you. Maybe Natasha is, because I just thought that was weird that someone would, in my own home, someone running me a bath would be odd, I thought, when I heard that. Yeah, you'd think, you'd, you'd think it was a hint, wouldn't you, you stinky old cow? Well, she's chuck, chucking in a little radiator at the same time. <laughs> Some electrical imp- appliance is going in as well. Yeah, it's all very odd, that storyline, isn't it? I don't no we meant to at some point there's meant to be this wonderful coming together and they all embrace the fact that tom natasha and is that the, the straddling again oh. <laughs> um no. don't you think pat and tony should just say please can we have the kitchen to ourselves for breakfast time you know we can't get in there till eight at the moment and your coffee's not very nice and we'd prefer to have ours would they not can they not just well matthew was saying earlier about his um uh, how they had to suffer the awfulness of a rotor you know in a shared home mm. and it's just one of those situations where you just have to get in there and say look this is awkward for all of us there's soon going to be a kid in the house we're all grown-ups who want our own personal space in order that we don't kill each other can we just agree friday night is you know takeaway for you guys and we're going to cook ourselves a romantic meal or something and you know we need to carve out some space for ourselves in our own home or maybe it's a bit like matthew's friend who smashed all the plates up that roger the dodger do you remember from a comic where he you would always mess things up so he never had to do them again maybe natasha and tom are doing similar thing to wind them up so much that pat and tony sort of pay for them to move into somewhere nice are you saying natasha's out there scraping up cow pats and passing it off as coffee <laughs> her special grind Oh yeah, we're back to Pat again, aren't we? That scene, (laughs) there ain't nothing wrong. Um, (laughs) But it was um, a little soup and grind. (laughs) Oh, Kerry, that that was that really. I don't know why it irritated me so much, but when uh, Tony was shitting the bed with excitement over the fact he was going to get a cup of coffee with some sprinkles in, like they they gained the system going to the coffee shop on their own property to kind of you know. And Pat sort of went, oh, you are clever. What? Something like that. Some sort of comment because he'd bought two coffees from Fallon. I just, Ah. I was just, I was just glancing down at my little list of um, kind of like our topics we needed to cover this week. I'm like, somehow we've gone 
over half of the <laughs> we've done half of the podcast on Pat and Tony and how much we despise them. And, and they uh, weren't these, even a topic, were they? <laughs> yeah, they were barely even a topic, yeah. Perfect. Um, and yeah, there's the small matter of uh, Alice of falling yeah. off the wagon, Chris being the shittest husband in the world, and at some point we have to uh, uh, suck it up and discuss the Ol- Olivers. Which, mm, okay, um, you know, let's move on then. What next? What next? We've done... Well, should we get the Olivers out of the way? Yeah, they were shit, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> next topic. <laughs> right, okay. I'm just going down my list. Tick the olivers <laughs> well i'm i'm the only thing that kind of piqued my interest at that in all of that was the thought of lily in her thermal underwear oh for god's sake put it away matthew okay <laughs> clary didn't get an award did she or did she did i miss that she bloody should have got an award for sewing all ambridge folk into costumes that would have made it worthwhile, wouldn't it? If she sort of like when um, Linda was giving her special award to Kirsty, if Clary had been like, that's it. That was Carrie's breaking point. I've been ripping feathers <laughs> off fowl. I've done 55 costumes. I've looked after the most useless family in the world. Well, not the most useless, but anyway, yeah. you know, it, that would have been Clary. That would have been great for Clary just being like, when will I get my moment? I mean, she may well have got an award. I may have missed it because I True. just thought the whole yeah. thing was horrible. Did did you hear anything, Matthew, about her getting? No, she, well, she wasn't. She wasn't at the uh, dairy or whatever it is on Tuesday mm, at Yogurtland. Migraine, didn't you? Yeah, she was having some kind of post passion stress migraine, so she wasn't there. So maybe she got something in absentia. I don't know. They would have mentioned her, though, wouldn't they? Yeah, they went. I mean, they really milked the Kirsty thing, didn't they? I mean, basically, just like Sean Dyche winning Manager of the Month, wasn't it? <laughs> oh. Roy, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> you really shouldn't have. <laughs> um, and then um, Linda was like, did you hear that, everybody? You really shouldn't have or something. She's like, what? <laughs> she turned what into is... a Dalek again. Yes, <laughs> but uh, I don't It was all awful. I was cringing so badly. And Alan trying to be funny about, um, you know, God is lovey. love. So this is the loveys. Uh. It also appeared that there was nobody there as well. Linda was like, quieting down everyone. I was like, nobody's talking. It's just Roy at the back of the room. <laughs> yeah, it was very <laughs> surreal. I did not like it. Yeah, that. I mean, that is it. I th- oh, actually, Kirsty getting an award. I, th- I think Kirsty's depressed. Do you? She didn't want to go to the pub with the boys, did she? And did she say at the end? that she, Who was it said the line about being ready for anything? Was it Kirsty? Well, I imagine all of that. Yeah, she may well have done because Alice said a similar thing, didn't she? About uh, it's a new start. I'm going to make it work. But um, maybe Kirsty did as. Oh yeah, it was Kirsty because I did a really sarcastic tweet about it. the fact that um, all she needed to do was win a mysteries award, and now she's forgotten about her slave owning husband and is ready to take on the new year. I think she is a bit depressed though. I mean, what are they going to do with her? From going forwards, I mean, she's basically been like a kind of a, a a slag heap for all of the misery and sort of like terribleness that's happened in the village for going on a decade now. Are they going to let her sort of retire to a, a back pasture and sort of see out her days and kind of relative happiness? Or they, I mean, it'll be some big grand gesture, won't it? They'll find some, they'll it, love will fix all, and she'll be sort of whisked off her feet, you know, by um, by some some uh, uh, eco hunk or Rex. Or Roy. I was going to, Roy springs to mind, really. Some yeah, safe. Not the most boring racist. Ex- <laughs> yeah. I hope good comes to her, really. She's had a terrible time, hasn't she? I'm not, I don't dislike Kirsty. I've just grown to view her as a kind of a, it's like a kind of, um, uh, what's it called? A Pavlovian response. Kirsty equals terrible scenes. Mm, so, yeah. you know, she's always at the centre of something annoying. So I'm kind of like, I'm done with her for the time but not her as a character. Yeah, we need the yeah. bad things with associated with her to end, don't we? Yeah. Please can Kirsty just be I mean, she's not an entirely unfun character. Mm. Yeah, she's bright, isn't she? She's intelligent, like she should be doing good things. Yeah. Well, there was that thing, just there was a, a glimmer with Kirsty when she was taken around the rewilding site with Rex, wasn't there? That she was yeah. Coming out of this fog of, oh, Christmas is always going to remind me that I married a slave trader. Mm. And she seemed to be coming out of that. And then she got enveloped in the organisation of the play. And I think now she's in this, suddenly there's a vacuum, isn't there? It's new. Everyone gets that in January anyway, don't they? But like she had 
she had the play to distract her. Mm-hmm. And I think suddenly she's like, oh, what do I do now? And I think this is the meant to be the beginning of things happening for her now. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I love I love a vacuum, me. <laughs> but we don't all do it. No, I I am um, I I cannot stand the sound of the vacuum cleaner. My mum is obsessed with cleaning, and my my mum refuses to to uh, um, believe this. But I used to turn down biscuits when I was a kid because I knew that would meant the vacuum would come up, would come out. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I actually didn't mean a cleaner. I just meant nothing happening i oh, quite like right. it but, okay. but yeah, now sorry. you've revealed you the scar that's how, that's how violently i feel about it but uh, mum if you're listening that uh, it is true and you're in denial so when you eat biscuits now do you sort of p- prepare some sort of massive bib tea towel thing under no i have you? i have one one to eat and one to crush up and throw around the room as a kind of act of petty rebellion <laughs> all these years later it's like you're you know you're not the boss of me mum <laughs> this hatred of the vacuum you were a dog in a previous life peter do you think oh well it would well no, karmically wouldn't you wouldn't i be expecting a slightly more glorious life in this one i don't know anyway but yeah i know i i, I well, you know maybe next life maybe you were a dog that was walked by amy oh let, well done that's a good segue on to amy next the whole dog walking thing. So we lived in a quite nice little flat in Camberwell before we moved to America. And the lady who took it over became a dog walker and basically quit from being a lawyer to being a dog walker. And she's earned, she's now running this quite big business. It's like big money, mm. so, yeah. you know, running dog work. Now I know that's London and not, you know, the Borsetshire countryside, but I don't, there was a few sniffy comments on, on Twitter about yeah. um, Amy's dog walking. And I was like, well, actually... You know, you get five of them on the lead, charging 20 quid a pot. It's probably quite an efficient way of earning a bit of cash. I saw those sniffy comments as well. And I think it was people thinking another woman who's highly qualified should be ambitious doing some sort of not low grade. But yeah, that the implication was there. And I I just thought, actually... She sounds very happy. She's out in the fresh air. The dogs give her comfort and distraction. She's finding it very rewarding. There's a lot to be said for doing jobs that are very, very sort of simple and just healthy for your mental well-being, I think. I don't diss her for that at all. I diss her for loads of other stuff. (laughs) But her choice of work, no. Choice of vocabulary she gets dissed for. Yeah. In, you know, was in with I couldn't listen to it within about five minutes. She was talking to Anna. She called her like, "Oh, lovey, baby cakes, sweetheart." Mm. Uh, every was, little sugary were, synonym. There were four sweethearts: one lovely and one babe. Yeah, drove me mad. But which you know, she's she never said person. before. Uh, no, it seemed. Yeah, she. It was. It seemed like a weird transformation. But you know, I. I mean, she was doing good work, I guess. So yeah, you know, cut her some slack, maybe. Yeah, it was less the language. It was more the tone that would have driven me absolutely nuts because it was very patronising. But as as yeah. people have said on Twitter when I've commented on that, you know, she's kicked into, you know, she's a midwife. She's seen people in distress. She's tried. This is her friend. She's trying her best to be soothing and what have you. But I still, oh, it grated for me. I don't know. It's like how plumbers call everyone mate because then they don't have to bother remembering names. Or you know, like uh, uh, um, you know, if you went when you're at the maternity unit, everyone's um, and what does dad think? And it's like, oh god. Right. Do you think Amy's Just... forgotten what Alice's name is? <laughs> no, but you know, you were saying that you're slipping into a professional gear, and it's just kind of, but like, yeah. So it's sort of all these words that are used in place of having to actually. Yeah, but it was the um, tone. It was the tone. It was horrible. Yeah, I, I found it very really difficult when you have multiple dogs in your life you start confusing the dogs names with humans so maybe she felt a little bit awkward about that you know she kept going to call alice rover and thought no that's not gonna that's not gonna go down well what did you think of a distraction technique as well when she said look at the seesaw <laughs> while i take oh, the bottles of vodka out your back there was a lot about that scene which it should have been very um heartwarming she's got this lovely friend of hers who came well, not, I was going to say at a moment's notice, but she'd actually missed all her calls in the night, hadn't she? And um, Alice had been talking to Lisa throughout the night. But she has got this person she can turn to. She can she can talk to her about the Rory stuff, which she can't talk to her family about. So there are positives in this relationship. But um, there were also, you know, that sort of smashing of the bottle. She poured vodka into the children's playground. 
cut and then smashed glass in the children's playground. I mean, it was in a bin. It sounded cavernous enough to be a recycling bin, didn't it? We've all heard that sound. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But that, I don't know, as if... The very specific sound of vodka bottles smashing in a children's playground, Kerry. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't don't think I've ever done that, to, to be honest. No. But it's yeah, it's something satisfying about putting bottles into one of those massive container things and hearing the sound, isn't it? I don't do that anymore. It's all collected for me. But one thing I did like about it was just how long it took. It was like a bomb disposal expert, wasn't it? The way she had to take the bottles out of the bag <laughs> and pour the bottles away. And I liked that because it was clearly this fear mm-hmm. of what Alice might do is like taking a, the toy away from the baby. Mm. I thought that was quite good how they did that, that she was in tune with how painful that was for Alice. Yeah. The fact that she just, she'd sat there presumably all night and Jennifer mm. and Brian haven't noticed that she's not at home and she's <laughs> been sat in the park all night cradling these two bottles of vodka. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one, isn't it? I, I thought Alice, that previous episode where Chris came over and just bumbled his way through demanding a divorce because he doesn't seem to be able to have any emotional balance. There was that moment, we said it before, haven't we, about how the actor that plays Alice, how her voice can just suddenly shift. Mm -hmm. And her voice flatlined, didn't it, at the end of that, and just said, it's okay, it's probably right for him or something. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, we've heard that before, when she just goes into, like, Terminator X mode. Yes. And I thought, eh, something's kicked in there. And then next thing you know, she's in the offy. Yeah, having two large bottles vodka bought um she she has been amazing acting wise you know she she's very very gripping uh, yeah amy not so much for me to be honest but i guess chris has been a good actor as well then because i was incredibly moved by him twice in a week and by moved i mean irritated <laughs> I, mean, <he laughs> I was, was worried was... then that you actually were moved by he was affecting was you know he affected mm. he affected me quite strongly at the beginning of the week, Kerry, I mean, I think he irritated the crap out of you. And oh. then and then with his instant divorce idea, he annoyed the crap out of me as well. Yeah, and doing it in front of Lily. And I still cannot work out whether he wanted to do that in front of Lillian to sort of show his good intentions to someone other than Alice who may not describe the events as being such to other people or something like almost like a witness to how he's being very very kind by offering to take the rap if you like for the divorce or I I, I really I don't know he's such an odd character I hated him on Sunday where he because they'd had a lovely day he wanted to snog Alice and when she recoiled he was then well of course I'm going to do that we're still married you know it's like I'm your husband it's very very much not as simple as that is it to just he's misread loads of signs and you need to it just highlighted really that they haven't proper he has no understanding really of her situation her mindset what you know to presume that you can move in on Alice at this point for a snog was horrible to hear for me I just thought awful some friends of mine when they were getting married in Ireland went on one of these pre-marriage courses that the Catholic Church Mm. offers and you go there and you sit there for a day or a course a period of two days where a few representatives from the Catholic Church discuss what marriage should be etc what you think about that make of that what you will Mm -hmm. one of the things they had to do was a little multiple choice test and there was a guy in the group who seemed to be quite last century in his thinking and he was there with his fiance and one of the questions was Um, A, B, or C. We will have sexual intercourse A when she wants to, B when I want to, C when we want to, and he ticked when I want to. And they had to stop the session Mm. and take him outside for a little chat. And I don't think he got it. Yeah. It's a huge worry, that kind of behaviour, I think. I, I don't know. I got, I did put that on Twitter and someone was quite vociferously saying it's right for Chris to expect to be able to do that because they are married and I find that really troubling that to to have that mindset really but also on top of that he then did his oft used kind of emotional blackmail about you know we need why can't we be like all the other families here tonight at this light show thing 
and look at Martha. She needs both her parents and both her parents love. And, and Alice was like, well, she's got that. Yeah, but, he's weaponizing Martha, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. It's, I mean, I in, in terms of um, believability, would he go in for the kill for a kiss with his wife? He'd already, yeah, that could happen. But the moment you're knocked back, you have to take that, don't you? And he definitely got lost in the moment, I think. There was that little line earlier when he was talking about how the Arboretum, she was saying the Arboretum is so beautiful at this time of year. Mm. And he was like, yeah, I know what you mean. And he's just gazing in her. So he's made, he's he's completely misread it. Yeah. Gone for a kiss. All right. Not the right thing to do. But certainly don't then follow it up with, mm. but you're my wife. It's just yeah. that was my... no man. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the thing. No, that, that was my takeaway. It was It was perfectly not reasonable but it was an understandable mistake to make but the two things that stuck out is one is his reaction which you guys just very eloquently covered off but also the emotional blackmail of the lead up to it where he was kind of making her go down memory lane he's like he sort of prefaced the whole thing with like oh remember i carved our name in here and so he was trying to romanticize the whole situation well before he you know may you know like yeah laid hands if Alice had any sense, on their first date in the Lower Loxley Woods, if someone starts making owl noises, that's normally a big f***ing <laughs> red flag, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh, that was so funny. In fact, he was, you know, he was online all night checking out uh, how, you, how you get divorced. And, yeah. you know, just look at subsection A. You can fast track it if your partner does terrible animal noises. <laughs> but also, on that point, I wish he'd spent as much time as he did researching how to get divorced, as his, as he could have done on alcoholism, which he doesn't seem to have done at all. And also, if he had researched it properly, he would know that in April, although it may now be delayed slightly, as people have pointed out on Twitter, you don't have to wait two years anymore. It's it's about to all change. Yes, I know. Yeah. Does, isn't that also one of the things in the law that will change, meaning that like it'll be 50-50 splits for people that even aren't that aren't even married, I think, in terms I of assets? Know. I think so. Yeah, I know there's some, some big changes coming in. The other thing they skirted over was that, um, that he was just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I can't wait. You know, it's, it's too difficult for me to sort of stay married almost. I can't wait two years. And it's like, well, that's another massive red flag. You'd rather have a... I mean, you'd rather yeah. have your uh, be traducing each other on legal documents and have this sort of laid down mm. forever than just actually just go, okay, right, you know, we're, we're divorced in name. Exactly. Yeah, that's a huge thing, a huge point. Tweeted about this as well. Why can't, because I think their lives are going to look the same in terms of Martha and shared care and responsibilities, whether they wait the two years or do the divorce thing, I would imagine. Because, you know, they're still going to be, they're living quite near to each other. They're looking after Martha as, as long as Alice is sober. So why this urgency to do the divorce thing? And then, you know, other people on Twitter were saying, well, it's a psychological thing for him to draw that line. He does need to move on. He, he For his sake, he wants it. So fair enough if if that's going to mean something different to him than sitting, waiting for the two years to elapse while still being married. I didn't really understand it, but people pointed out that it may well be, you know, what he needs. Yeah, after if if he was being consistent, but it's just four days ago he was trying to make a, a big strong pitch for them being together. Like all of these strong feelings that are hitting him seem to come in the moment, and he acts on them instantly. There doesn't seem to be any any ability to just sit back and go, okay, actually, you know, let's. I don't need to go round force Lillian to bear witness and kind of like make this big grand gesture. I've already yeah. I've already had this humiliating thing that happened on Sunday. Maybe I could wait wait a week or two. I wish he'd had some counselling himself of some kind. I can't imagine being that counsellor. <laughs> well, there was that oh, that moment where he read the letter to Alice and then was like, I haven't written anything down, so I'm just going to say <laughs> I had a vision of us at the summer fair. But um, he... Shouldn't laugh, I think really. there's, a, there's, no, there's a little bit of what you're saying, that second option there. I also think he might be, whether he's doing it on purpose or not, he might be crying wolf here a bit. You know, the yeah. whole thing, a break up. Well, you want to break up, then let's break up then. And then the other person generally says, okay. <laughs> the other person goes, oh, shit. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know if he's doing that. And it also very performative, like you said, for, Lil for him to say to Lillian, you stay in the room. I want you to hear this. So I think he might have been 
hoping for Alice to just say no. And she did a bit, didn't she? Yeah. She said, like, you know, don't we? Don't we want to wait a little mm. bit? It took her by surprise that he suddenly stormed in and said it. You know, she was blindsided by this reaction. Yeah. Lillian was lovely. You know, sometimes I I'm not keen on Lillian and her silly ways, but she was lovely to Alice, I thought. And that phone call that she made checking in and, you know, I'm here whenever you want and let's go riding. I'll, I'll be free. I can move things and be available to you. She... Um, is potentially going to play a big part in looking out for Alice. And I think Alice should not have a job at Bridge Farm. I always get the farms mixed up. Is it Bridge Farm? It, no, is it Home Farm? I don't know. Which fucking farm is it? Uh, yeah, I just, she should work at the stables with Lillian if she wants a job. You know. Doing Amy and focus on her mental health rather than, yeah. rather than her career for a short while. Yeah, and be around the horses, which she loves doing. They're going to, you know, if they're expanding and what have you, there's probably a place for Alice there. I think that would be healthier than, again, working for her direct family. They've been away for a while, haven't they, Chris and Alice? And suddenly they pop back into it and he's being described conversationally between Roy and Mike as looking awful walking around looking like gaunt and wearing kind of like ragged Gilligan's Island style clothes or something. And then it's on Sunday night, he's fine. He's in the Arboretum and he's all happy. And he's just gone completely off on one. Because It was after that that he looked awful though, wasn't it? Yeah. He, so we're, we're meant to believe that he's had a couple of sleepless nights mm. since then, haven't we? Because he said he couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. I don't know. Either way, I've never heard him that upset since David Brent told him he was leaving the Slough office to go to Swindon. <laughs> Look, with with Chris and Alice, are you sympathetic or empathetic or whatever to both? Are you? I find it hard to be on one side or another. Although, you know, Alice is ill. She's behaved despicably. Chris is a very blunt instrument, isn't he? And I find it hard to warm to him. But he's been dished a horrid deal here, hasn't he? So. Yeah. What do you, how do you fall with this one? Well, I, I, in preparation for the pod, I was telling myself again and again and again, don't moan about the Alice relapse. Just, you've done that enough. Don't go on about it. And, you know, I won't do that. But just to say, I'm just not, I just, I think, uh, I, I just, I just don't care about either of them at the moment. I just want to hear something else. Um, so I've I've said it so many times, but that's the truth of it. I, I can't. It's entertainment for me, so I can't I can't pretend to care about them. So as soon as they come on, I'm just sort of like, okay, well, you know, I'm half listening. Like, I'll give yeah. an example. So last, I was listening to the Archers last night while I was doing some cooking, and Cyrus was in the room, and I needed to rewind three or four times because I because I was interested in what was happening. Yeah. If it was an Alice and Chris bit, I would have just left it playing. Like I wouldn't have okay. gone back to try and hear that 30 seconds again you know and that's where they are that's where they live for me at the moment yeah what about you Matthew I think I'm becoming slightly more team Alice if mm -hmm. I'm honest mm. and that's off the back of the Rory thing and I thought she was foul to Rory at mm. the time but I don't think he handled that at all well when he came back I was quite taken aback at his mm. tone with her and also then she's got this whole Chris demanding the divorce thing. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that someone with alcoholism would relapse on the back of those two things yeah. and feeling slightly lost. I mean, I don't know, in terms of jobs, she was attending meetings with Brian not that long ago, wasn't she? She went to some kind of pesticides meeting or something. So she was involved mm. a little bit with Home Farm. Yeah, it's right tricky one isn't it because you're right because Rory and Chris have both I think we touched on it last week possibly where we were talking about um their actions are actually quite dangerous for an ill alcoholic person because they may relapse especially Chris if she's the mother of your child and you know why are you pushing 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 so which might tip her over and it will make the whole situation worse can you not bide your time because Lillian was saying wasn't she about Chris if only he'd wait this is not the time to be doing this however he's in an emotional state so I mean the conclusion is it's difficult for everybody isn't it yeah well, how do you think Jennifer and Brian react if they if they catch wind of what Rory has said to her do you think they would be because I mean they felt that they'd lost Rory to an extent didn't they mm. But do you, I think they would firmly come down on Alice's side in all of that. Yeah, I, I hope they do find out somehow. Yeah. After all this doom and gloom, I must say I did love the Adam 
scene. <laughs> well, and I'm yes. not a great fan of Adam, but just to, just to end on a lighter note, perhaps. Yeah, they're, they're, that's what makes way for Alice back in the farm office, maybe, because Adam's wearing a hairnet and doing the dishes down at Helen's. <laughs> That scene was he so sounds funny. very, very happy on the farm. I mean, yeah. you were saying earlier on about um, people being worried that a, no, another educated woman, you know, waste not wasting their time, but is, you know, not making the most of their education. Mm. And, um, and yeah, and, and Adam, you know, to be fair, Adam is doing the same thing. He's like, no, this is enough money to meet my responsibilities and I'm happy. When he said to Susan, I'm, I'm just going to blend into the background. I was like, I didn't know they'd made the yogurt in a log cabin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that scene Susan was hilarious with her sort of um, stepping up and showcasing Yogurt World to Yogurt Woman who is a new superhero I think Yogurt Woman uh, <laughs> uh, but and then Adam he stepped in to help Susan didn't he and then Susan got really humpy with him because Yogurt Woman thought Adam was the trainer and Susan was the trainee. Yes, because she didn't know what HACCP was. Yes. Which is absolutely ludicrous that you wouldn't know the term HACCP because mm. you you're being retrained on it every three to six months because mm -hmm. the, the goalposts keep shifting. So you would know that that's the acronym. Yeah, she was but, like, I, I sort of know the details, but you've never heard that acronym that name of it or something and, and people on twitter were going bullshit you would know that acronym definitely and you, to see your HACCP procedures isn't just reel off two temperatures and a ph it's like show me binders and binders of documentation mm. excel spreadsheets that show the times that you check sorry this is bloody radio gold isn't it but you know <laughs> all of that is recorded that's probably what she wanted to see mm. not if someone just says you know can i see your fire safety procedure and you said oh yeah we all just run out to the car park they don't say <laughs> Um, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to go now. Mm. But uh, I like the way it was a nervous phone call to Tony, wasn't it? It was putting up a, <laughs> a fence with Johnny and he was like, don't worry, I'm going to send in my new fixer, Adam, because he, he basically <laughs> believes Adam can do everything, doesn't yeah. he? Which essentially is just a dog's body. Yeah, but maybe Adam can. You know, he he just came in and he was very commanding, wasn't he, in that situation? He actually sounded quite normal as well, speech-wise, yeah. which is rare. And I thought, yeah, well done, Script writers, actors, whatever. That was a light touch in a sort of otherwise quite heavy week. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I know Susan I know Susan divides people, but I I always love a scene with Susan. She was absolutely fantastic. Put a big smile on my face. I did like at the end where she he was like, You did great, Susan. She went, Oh, piss off and do the washing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked it. When she said, um, we've got a well oiled yogurt making process. Not that we use oil. <laughs> Lorraine was a bit sniffy, to be honest, but, you know. Yeah, well. The way they write Susan is great, isn't it? How <laughs> the, the, her, her lack of self-awareness, the way they write that. Mm. So her complete, the, the, she has no idea that she telegraphs all of her faults so thoroughly. And so even someone who's only known her for five minutes can already fully read her desperation and her, her, her need to be respected. Yeah, um, going back to Mike again, he when he was playing with her, in Sundays, I think didn't he say, "Oh, it's 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 exhausting just listening to you" or something? <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Yes, it is. <laughs> He'd take a Neil out on the lash. It was it was Mike, oh, that's it. Yeah. Neil, and Eddie. Oh, what a night! They went yes. to the feathers, didn't they? That that would have been a bit of a a night out. But then yeah. uh, she was like, "Well, you know, he's getting on, and he's a manager now, so." Yeah, she was try she was sort of saying, um, oh, he's of an age now. He shouldn't be doing that. He shouldn't be going out midweek, having a lovely time with his friends. I was like, oh, shut up. And then Mike just smoothed it over by really over complimenting her and Neil on their work positions, didn't he? He was very clever. I liked it. Yeah. He did also allege that Susan indulges in a bit of C&B torture around the house in, in preparation for a role as second torturer, was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't be daft, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the high spot of the week, I think, the uh, yoghurt thing. Well, yes. We've got, I mean, there was a lot to cover. Thank God Matthew was back, Kerry, because that was like, you know, it was quite a, an uneventful week in some way. I guess Alice falling off the wagon was a big event, but like it was, a, they covered a lot of ground, didn't they? It was a lot of characters. So mm. we needed full coverage here. There's the three of us around 
uh, back again. Big thank you for me. If people have strong feelings about um, yogurt making or CMB action, how will they get in touch? Twitter is at the Cider Shed Pod. So come and join us there. All comments welcome. Um, email us at hello at the cidershed.com. And we're on Instagram at the Cider Shed Pod. And we have a Facebook group, which is the Cider Shed Podcast. Lots of um, comments based on things you said last week popping up. Appreciation of your appreciation of dad bods. Eric. Oh, good. Oh, that excellent. Got raised. The good. religion thing came up as well. That, that, uh, that mm-hmm. stirred a few people up for sure. Yeah, my um, New Year's resolution this year is to be less attractive to Kerry. I think that's my... <laughs> Okay. I want to be be svelte and thin by the end of the year. I want to be absolutely, I want to be cut like a butcher's dog. Uh, um, By the way, my little thank you that I tacked on the end of last week, uh, that took 13 takes. If I uh, oh. if I ever get round to it, I might actually edit all of them, all of the cock ups together, and you can enjoy it. Yeah. Hey, I was just thinking we should be really thankful for Thursday's episode, which was the awards one, because we could just eliminate it from all our notes and prep, couldn't we? Yeah, I that didn't. Was, I didn't go good. back for seconds with that one. Mm. Oh, also, can I just ask all listeners, any listeners who haven't yet put a review anywhere for us to do that because you know i keep looking at reviews to see if anyone's done that and it would be lovely to see your positive comments if you can be asked to go and do it yeah we i mean we we do we do uh, invest a, a reasonable amount of time in the pod and um we one of the things that we fail to do is any marketing or any kind of promotional stuff. So we are going to try, and often we mention it on the pod. I've realised we've made any number of pods. There's a Kerry episode that's owed. There's all kinds of stuff we've got to do. But anyway, we're going to try over the next few months to take things a bit more seriously and actually uh, um, get our asses in gear in sort of um, uh, um, doing small promotional stuff. I mean, Kerry already, already does amazing work on Twitter, but yeah, just be a bit more proactive. So if anyone's got any thoughts or any ways they can help, then uh, reviews and more, please. Okay. So good to be back, guys. And I guess in terms of next week, what are we hoping for? I'm hoping for a little less Alice and Chris, a bit more Mike's admitted to the hospital with some gastrointestinal (laughs) problem and Ben or Ben has to do emergency surgery on him (laughs) on the kitchen table. I'd like Joy and Brian and Jim and nobody else. Yes. and And if Pat is to take a lover... Who do you think it will be? But I'll I'll take suggestions on the Facebook page for that if anyone's got any thoughts. There's no way that's happening, Matthew. If she has to have a lover, Russ. Do we have Andinus <laughs> on speed dial? <laughs> I mean, she's... Oh, yeah, and Russ can be on next week's episode as well. Pat's not going to have an affair, Matthew. She... Well, it wasn't me that suggested it. It was Peter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, you were just... But I'm but I'm I'm yeah. throwing it throwing it out there secondhand. I I just wonder what people think, but no, I don't think so. I mean, everyone seems to think it's more likely that Ruth is going to have an affair with Stella, from what I can see from social yes. media. Yes, yeah, I still think Stella's up to no good there. We shall see. Business wise, anyway. Yes, we digress slightly again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, guys, thank you very much. Thank you to everyone for listening and we will all be back next week. Yes, bye. See you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Love noises. Ooh, Peter. Hang on.